0: One of my biggest takeaways was I have needs and that's okay. We hate like, as I think just as women in general, we hate inconveniencing others to like focus on ourselves. I struggled leaving corporate America because I had my routine. I like, I had my commute. I was like everybody else, pretty much everybody else's schedule worked around mine because it, Mine was very like, I'm going to be in the office by 7 so I can leave by 3.30 and like be home for the evening with you guys. And it was a shock when I switched to this side of the house and realized like I have to structure my
1: own day. Hello, I'm Jill Sutton and welcome to Living Her Legacy, a podcast that features heart to heart conversations between mamas who are navigating everything that changes after having children. Right now, let's give ourselves grace to change let go of what no longer serves us, and unapologetically take up space. This knowing and owning our self-worth is the key to living a fulfilled life, our best life. Don't just leave a legacy, live one. Hello, and welcome to the Living Her Legacy podcast, episode number five. Today, I'm blessed to talk with Tiffany Claudio, a wife and mom of two boys who left corporate America to join her husband with their growing business. We discuss the challenges of diving in headfirst to an entrepreneurial lifestyle, as well as the beautiful community she's able to serve with Mrs. Wincredible, a place where wives of entrepreneurs can get together to better understand and be a part of their family business. As a bonus, we talk about her family's desire to start a nonprofit in 2020 and the impact it's currently making nationwide in only its third year of existence. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Tiffany. Thank you. Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell me a little bit about you, where you're from, and maybe what you do.
0: Surely. So I am Tiffany Claudio. I am married to Mike Claudio. Um, we own a coaching company for small businesses, mainly focused on home service and construction companies. Along with that, we actually started a nonprofit at the end of 2020 called A Champion Shoes. Basically, what we do every day, all day is work to build champions in everything we do and have an impact with every conversation. We actually just moved to Greenville, South Carolina area from South Charlotte. We love it out here. We've created a lifestyle, we joke all the time, like where we don't have to leave the house, hardly ever. (laughs) So so we are very much so homebodies, but we are also, our businesses are growing very quickly, which has been really cool. It's been a fun journey. I haven't always worked with Mike. That's still fairly newish for us. It's been a wild ride and we've built a team that we love having around us. So we've built a culture that is, by far the best culture I've ever been in. And so I am a wife, a mom, a friend who works every day, all day to build champions and surround myself with champions and build the life that me and my husband have dreamed of
1: for years. Tell me a little bit more about your business. So you guys work with other small businesses? Mm
0: -hmm. Mike and our team of
1: coaches, we now have 10 coaches
0: total, which it's grown rapidly two years yeah. ago, or actually, just over a year ago, it was only Mike that was a coach. But yes, they typically are coaching other business owners. All of our coaches either own their own company right now and have worked themselves out of their business and can just focus on it and want to be able to give back and help other business owners do the same. and or they've grown a successful business and sold it. and now they want to be able to give back and and coach others as well. So most of our clients are business owners themselves. Or someone in pretty like manager high level role in
1: a business. And then, can it be any type of company, or is it specific to a type of company?
0: Most of our clients are home service based, so like anybody, any kind of service that would come and service like the inside of your home, typically. Some construction roofing companies. We have a few outliers in there. We've got a couple of marketing companies that typically those marketing companies work with similar audiences like roofers or construction companies, but we have a couple of fitness businesses. We have one gym owner. We have one pivotal nutrition. They do the pre-made meals. So we have a couple of little outliers like that, but the, our audience, our clientele has grown drastically as well. So that's been, that's been exciting. We have about 70 people signed up for next year. Oh so it's going to be a big group of people. And do you yeah. do like a course? How does it work for you so, guys? is mainly one-on-one coaching. So all of our clients get one-on-one coaching calls with our coaches. And then we have quarterly meetups for our main group offer that we have. There's a lot of phenomenal group coaching businesses out there. There's not a lot of that one-on-one aspect. So we hyper-focus on the one-on-one coaching to get you that customized approach for whatever you and your business need. And we we really do tell people we help people win in business and in life. If you're, if you're a small business owner, you're business typically is a direct reflection of wherever you're at as a person. So like if you're struggling with certain things, it's likely that there's going to be hurdles and hiccups in your business. Yeah, so it's like an extension uh, of
1: you. Exactly.
0: So we help people figure out, like Mike tells people, essentially, if you can tell me what you want, we can help you figure out how to get there, which is exactly what we've done over the last few years. We're getting ready to go do our year-end planning session because it's almost the new year. And so we do this every year. We look back over the existing year and say like, what did we accomplish? Just kind of reflect a little bit and then we talk about, okay, what do we want to accomplish next year mm. and come up with a game plan on how we're going to do it. So that's what we help our clients with too. Like, where that's do you want to awesome. be? Do you want to go?
1: What would you say like the number one concern or question that small business owners ask you about?
0: The most common one that I get is how do you get your spouse bought in? Because mm. I left corporate America early last year to come work with Mike. And at the time it was just Mike and Lindsay, small team of two. They needed extra, extra hands and Now we have a team of over 17 people. So it's been a wild ride this year. That's the one that I get asked most. I'm on the back end side of it. I'm director of events now. So we now have a small events team that helps me host all of the events that are coming up. And so I'm kind of training them to take over so that I can fully support Mike as like kind of admin keep him on track with everything he needs to focus on kind of thing, and then focus on our home. A lot of the, I created a small group for wives of entrepreneurs to create a community aspect, because, I mean, I feel like every adult says life, like, it's just lonely, because there's Mm not time to intentionally get together and whatnot. Or I should say, people don't prioritize the time to intentionally get together with with people and find other like-minded people. So I created a group called of Incredible to bring specifically the wives of our clients, but wives of entrepreneurs together because we like, it's just different. It's Mm -hmm. different when your spouse owns a business and is an entrepreneur versus go like works in corporate America. And I can say that because I've been on both sides of it and it's, it's worlds different. So I wanted to be able to create a community to help our clients get their spouses on board to better understand okay this is why I'm working so hard this is why we're doing what we're doing right now because when you start a business there's typically a lot of sacrifices that come with that that's the number one number one thing and I think once they get a chance to come in and like just get a feel for like hey this isn't just us like this isn't just my life there's other people who get it too there's other people who go through this as well there's other women who just understand how I'm feeling right now which I feel like that's I mean, any, any woman can say that it's just, it's different. So I've created that group to try to help speed up that process because I was a couple of years behind Mike in this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, he started his personal development journey before he started his own business, but like it progressed quickly. And when that happens, it creates this gap because even though I was progressing in my career, it was different than focusing on my personal development and like trying to continually be better every single day, just as me and know who I am and know what I want. So helping close the gap for our clients on that front has been fun for me. And that's just really
1: cool. I hear you because my husband has owned a company for 10 years as a small business owner and I just, in this last year have started kind of my own journey of personal development and entrepreneurship. It is a learning curve. It really is. It's trying to find that balance between, cause really starting a company. Yeah, it does. It, it takes all of you. It really takes all of you. You're figuring out a lot of things firsthand, making mistakes firsthand. And that's probably where you come in as a, as a coaching, a company that can really walk hand in hand with somebody who, who has goals who wants to yeah. meet those goals. Yeah. That's awesome. And like
0: just helping people take just the next step. Cause sometimes people get so like caught up in like step six and just like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know what I'm going to do there, but it's like, you don't need to be there. Like you're not there yet. So therefore you're not going to know how to do it. Like just focus on this is what we need to do next. This is what we need to get yeah. in place. So we help people get like the their standard operating procedures in place to make it easier when they are ready to scale. It's mm-hmm. a lot easier than like then having to take even more time to train new people. You can say, like, okay, Here's how we do this. And it's, everything's living and breathing in a small business. Like it's always adapting.
1: So so you said your journey started in corporate America. That seems like a big change in the last couple of it, years.
0: It was a drastic change. And there's been a lot of lessons that came out of that. In corporate America, you wear one hat. Very simple. Like I was very good at what I did and that's all I had to focus on every day. And I loved working with the team and like helping make our environment better but I still had one job. I was only responsible for one thing. And then coming over into a small business, you have to flip hats a lot. And then starting a nonprofit, I was trying to be the executive director and when I need to be on the win rate side. Like I struggle being able to flip hats in the middle of the day between the two companies. So that's been a fairly recent realization that I had to have with Mike of like, I struggle flipping hats. Like I need to find my lane, and that has to be my one and only lane, and I just stick to it. I was like, we are built differently, and I struggle tremendously keeping up with all the things. And to be fair, we do a stupid amount of things in a day. Typically, like we we get a lot done in a day. We get a lot done in a quarter. We just laid out our our initiatives that we have for the for win rate for Q1 next year. I'm pretty sure we have between 25 and 30 items on that list. And we giggle every time because we're like, there's some companies that this is more like initiatives than they'll accomplish in an entire year. But it's just because we're hyper-focused on it. We're hyper-intentional on like checking in on it every week. And that's why, that's honestly why the company has grown as quickly as it has, because we are able to get so much stuff done. But
1: that's how we operate in business and in life. So it's, our days are very, very full. I do love how you said you have to know your strengths and weaknesses and then, and then be able to communicate those. And that's something I remember you put on the intake questionnaire for this is, Mm -hmm. is being able to take time for yourself and knowing what your needs are. And I think those are things that, especially after starting a family or maybe making that change from corporate America to entrepreneurship are things you kind of have to relearn was there yes. a journey that you took to get there? Or did you have, like, I know for me, like, I literally just started therapy and I was like, oh, like, I started learning all these things about myself that I hadn't really thought about in five years be- since having kids. Tell me about that. Like, how did you, how did you maybe learn your strengths and weaknesses? And then how do you go about communicating those? That is a great question. <laughs> I, I learned how to say I have needs and that's okay
0: in therapy myself. And ironically, I was only in therapy because I'm like, I'm going to therapy to figure out how to support my husband because he mm-hmm. struggles with anxiety and I just didn't comprehend it. And so I was like, I'm going to go to therapy, try to figure out how I can basically like help you with therapy tools at home kind of thing. And then lo and behold, I had my own stuff to, to work through. But one of my biggest takeaways was I have needs and that's okay. We hate like as I think just as women in general we hate inconveniencing others to like focus on ourselves. I struggled leaving corporate America because I had my routine. I like I had my commute. I was like everybody else, pretty much everybody else's schedule worked around mine because mine was very like I, I'm going to be in the office by seven so I can leave by three thirty and like be home for the evening with you guys. And luckily my mom was part of, like she was our childcare for five years so like. She set us up. I was spoiled rotten. Like she would do everything so that when me and Mike finally got home at the end of the day, we just had to spend time as a family. That was it. So I was absolutely spoiled rotten. It was a shock when I switched to this side of the house and realized like I have to structure my own. day. So I was expecting my routine to just like form itself when I hopped over here. It was like, it was just like all of a sudden be like, okay, this is what I'm doing every day all day like it'll just come together. A couple of weeks in, Mike had to sit me down. He was like, "Make a list of all of your priorities right now. Like work, life, all of them. Like just list it. And don't like don't get up until you're done." So I like sat there and I listed it all out. And then he was like, "Okay, now go to your calendar and create time blocks. Put time on the calendar for everything that you just listed out. And or like if you're questioning should this be a priority, like come back and we'll talk about it." And figure out like, should it be a priority right now? Or like what needs to adjust kind of thing. So that's how I had to learn in this entrepreneurial, like free reign, like with my time, we operate off of routine and time blocks, which is why this week I was late to my podcast interview with you because I have no time blocks this week because I was just like, we're getting ready for Christmas where unexpected things happen in business. And so that kind of threw all of us off this week and we're kind of scrambling. And that's the good part about it is you can pivot when you need to, but without those time blocks, then I find myself late or missing things or forgetting to complete things. So created that priority list, created my time blocks, and then just had to get into the habit of honoring those time blocks.
1: Because if you don't like, they're no good. They're useless. That's something that I'm learning now because I am still in corporate America. I still have my nine to five, and Mm -hmm. so my time blocks come in between. You know, like my lunch break or right before work or after the kids are in bed. But if I have an unexpected amount of time show up randomly on my calendar, Mm -hmm. I am so scatterbrained. I have no idea, like even where to start or what to what to use in that time you know? And so that is something that I'm definitely going to start putting into practice is those time blocks for the tasks that I, that I need to do just with editing and, and scheduling podcasts, reaching out to people, things like that. So that is definitely something that I think we, we just don't have to do in corporate America. Cause you, like you said, it's, it's there for you. You're doing your thing, yeah. you put in your time and, and that's it. You don't really have time for anything else, or you have to structure your day as far as, as what I do in my, in my job.
0: That's yeah. interesting. And I learned the time blocks too, of like keeping them just generic enough, but just specific enough. Cause mm-hmm. I would get so nitty gritty and be like okay, this 15 minutes. I'm going to be focused on podcast editing this 15 minutes. I'm going to be focused on like scheduling or planning my social media. And then, but then it's like, if you go longer than that 15 minutes and it like screws up the next one. So I learned to bake in a little bit of white space in there. So that, like, for the unexpected things, but also keeping it more generic and saying, okay, this 30 minutes is going to be podcast related. Anything and everything I got to do for the podcast, I'm going to do during that 30 minutes. And, like, typically, if you give yourself a certain amount of time, you will find a way to fill that time, right?
1: There's always something to be done.
0: Yep. (laughs) So being realistic with them as well. uh, But that was the hardest part for me. And, like, so I'm in mind, change it. Like, I adjust my time blocks like quarterly because we do. Every quarter, both in business and in life, we'll do a SWOT analysis, your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. Um, so another way we identify our strengths and weaknesses is that. Mike and I started treating running our life and our home as a business before he even started his own business. Because he's like, if it's important enough for companies to do cash flow meetings, to do SWOT analysis, to do quarterly initiatives, like then it's probably wise that like we do the same right so we've run run our home like a business for probably five or six years now and it allows it opens the door for that open communication where like sometimes he can identify strengths or weaknesses for me that like I just don't see because like you're so close to it especially if you're looking at yourself most of the time we all hate talking about and pointing things out about ourselves so it opens the door for that like non-emotional conversation with each other to say, hey, here's where I see you're either like you're you're killing it right now and giving yourself credit where like you're you're really strong in this area right now. But like for me, active listening is something I'm is a weakness for me right now. I, I interrupt, I'm like just cause things are moving so fast, it's just it's hard to slow down. So I'm really, I'm not great at it still which sucks because I used to be gr- a great listener but I find myself stopping more and like physically like adjusting and being like okay I need to be present like, right here like my kid has been screaming my name for 20 minutes like there's a reason like let's just like stop and pay attention. Completing tasks to actual completion was one of mine for a couple quarters where it was just like I need to continue to focus on that I need to make sure that like when I'm doing something I'm doing it until it's done not just good enough to be able to check the box off and keep going because you still got to come back and finish it at some point,
1: you know? I like your approach to that as far as like treating the home like a business and more so to take the emotion out of the constructive criticism. I feel like, I mean, obviously there are times in relationships and marriages where that's hard to have that conversation without feeling like you're hurting their feelings or or someone being offended. But I think if you did kind of approach it as saying like, Hey, this is, this is important for the health of our family. And it's not, um, picking one person apart, but it's working together as a team. Uh, I really like that approach and that idea behind it. I'm hoping that can help somebody maybe in their conversations, because I feel like that's where conversations die you know, where the, the yeah. conversation's not going to be had because they're afraid to help to, to really, it is helping the other person. Yeah. Um, and it's
0: like, it's seeking to understand. You're not opening that door to be like, I need to tell you everything that you're doing wrong. And I need you to like focus on it right now. Mm-hmm. It, you need to approach that conversation more so of like, okay, like we're in this together we want we both want the best for each other and for our family so like what does that look like where are we thriving right now where can we be better and like genuinely asking like where can I be better there's always going to be things like you can put your phone down more often not bring it to the dinner like there's still times where phones end up at the dinner table and it's just like it's approaching those conversations more so on that understanding side of it versus like oh I'm ready to tell you all the things that I need you to fix right now you know right
1: right and I think doing it in a Advance before it gets to that point in life where yeah. you're just like ready to, to to let it all out.
0: Yeah, um, and we you, I mean we
1: still have those moments.
0: Let's just be clear. Yeah,
1: of course, of course. Yeah, they're gonna happen. So you talked about small business. You work from home. Your kids see this. How involved are your kids in like seeing how you kind of run the household, run the business?
0: They are very involved right now. I can hear them screaming downstairs actually, but um we decided to homeschool them when we moved. So we moved in June um and decided to just jump right in, in July with homeschooling to start getting them into a routine, Um, which that's a whole nother podcast. Cause that's been a journey in it itself. Um, we'll have you back. But yeah. They are involved every single day so they see us they see our team meetings because we have team meetings Tuesdays and Fridays where people are like coming into our home and we're all sitting around our dinner table having meetings and they have to like the kids right now we're in a certain in between phase where like they have to go like maintain themselves and it's like okay. You guys, I need you to be responsible right now. This is what we're doing. They've been a huge part of our nonprofit. The whole reason we started the nonprofit was so that we could do something with them and involve them in our giving back. They've been a big part since day one. And they'll like hop into the assembly line and help us stuff boxes and attempt to wrap because we wrap every pair pair of shoes that we send out. But they're learning a lot solely from just like watching us do what we do on a daily basis. And we've always talked to our kids pretty much like they're adults in the sense of like when we kicked off our promotion for next year's programs, because most of our programs are 12 month commitments in the sense of you start in January, you end in December. So in October, when we were opening the door for people to start signing up for that, Mike said all of us down at dinner and he was like, look, the next six to eight weeks, I'm going to be preoccupied. Mm-hmm. Like I need you guys to understand, but if you need me, there's a process for that. Mm-hmm. Right. If you need me have mom, like basically use a safe word essentially and say like hey i need you to i need you to check in on the family like for just a minute just a little bit but he was also very intentional of making sure when he had family time blocked on his calendar he was present for family time you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's been cool and they pick up on a lot of stuff they catch things more than you think they do
1: oh yeah and what are your ages
0: again there's are seven and four.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, tell me more about your nonprofit because I'm really excited for it.
0: So our nonprofit is a champion's shoes. We provide brand new brand name shoes to underprivileged children. It's kind of uh, anti-bullying, kind of under disguise. What we do is we, within the shoe box that we send out, we provide socks and a handwritten note to each child. We'll customize it with their name. And, but all of them say, we believe you're capable, go be a champion. So Mike's like, if... Even just one child takes that postcard and like sticks it in their mirror and it changes the trajectory of their life. All of it is worth it. But we started that end of 2020. Um, Initially, we were just going to do 100 pairs as a family. And then Mike's like, why are we stopping with 100 pair? And why are we stopping this year? Six weeks later, we had a nonprofit. That was like Black Friday, I think, is when we got our letter saying like, hey, you're officially a nonprofit. That first Christmas, we sent out 335 pairs of shoes out of our home garage and we lived in a townhouse at the time it was wild that was the first time I'd ever been like up all night on Christmas Eve wrapping our own stuff because I'd been wrapping shoes for six weeks not even it was it was wild but um since then that mission has grown just (laughs) crazy this year we I might cry we will have sent out almost 4,000 pairs of shoes this Christmas
1: (laughs) Tiffany Um, oh my goodness
0: just this year alone,
1: I'm like yeah. goosebumps.
0: Oh my gosh, <laughs> just hearing about um, that. That was that was a stretch this year. Um, we've definitely had some learning and growing pains with like growing a team and learning that we need more people, kind of like locally than remote for that. But um, but yeah, no. So next year we might have to. Have a more realistic number of what we're striving for for back to school and Christmas, just with the team that we have and our focus for next year. It's still when you think about that many pairs of shoes, like that's multiple schools worth of children that we were able to help this year. Um, and it it was nationwide because we have corporate sponsors all over the U.S. So we've helped kids in Texas and up in Michigan and Ohio, and it's just, it's been
1: wild. How can? we get involved to help support mm-hmm. that is it like a monetary donation or monetary donation the best way? Our,
0: that is the best way right now um, we have a our event and volunteer coordinator has done a great job in finding local volunteers here in the greenville area that help with wrapping and whatnot um, and we've got a lot of partners that help us find kids at this point mm-hmm. which is it's that is a blessing in and of itself um so yes monetary donations would be the biggest help Especially right now, because as part of the Christmas push, it's really hard to get that many pairs of shoes out between like, we start trying to collect in October, but usually start getting information in November to get out in time for Christmas. Um, and then kids are out of school, which is typically how we're distributing the the shoes is through, through the school system, because that's the easiest way to access the children. What we did this year was we're going to do some that are New Year new shoes. So the kids will get them upon returning back from Christmas break. So right now, that would be the biggest help. We've got all the shoes out that we had to get out before Christmas, but we still have the New Year new shoes that we need to get out. And the fundraising piece is where we lack on the, on the volunteer side of the house. So that would be the biggest help right now.
1: And just, you guys started in 2020, end of 2020.
0: Very end of 2020.
1: So in two years, you've given almost 5,000 pairs of shoes. Yep. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. I'm sure your boys love that.
0: They do. And they love helping pick out, which is cool because we still purchase to order. So essentially we have to get the children's name and we don't hold inventory. So we've partnered with Academy Sports which has been a huge help in the sense of getting shoes at a more affordable rate because we're still buying retail. So they're able to work with us a little bit. They actually, their team was super excited to be a part of it, So they actually help us pull the shoes now. But when we still have the big shopping days where we go pick, my boys love to run around have labels that have the kids' names on them. And they'll run around and be like, I'm getting shoes for Jamie. Like, well, let's go get these shoes. Like, let's find something with pink. Or we like to have fun, but we like to refer to the children by their names. So it's not, they're not just another number, essentially.
1: What does it mean to you to be living in your legacy?
0: I think going back to knowing exactly what you want and creating a game plan to accomplish that. And I can honestly say that Mike and I have done that. We've had vision boards for years. We have we went so far as to build out a spreadsheet to say, like, okay, everything that we have here, like, what would that cost us monthly? Not even just annually. Like, what, what do we need to bring home monthly to make that happen? And we did it. We accomplished it. So now we're like, okay, shoot, we got to dream bigger. Like, what's next? Where? Like, what are we what's next. Um, But truly, if you, if you know what you want, you can create a game plan to accomplish it. And then you truly can live the life of your dreams.
1: Speaking on that, where do you see yourself in five years? Maybe what's a, what's a, what's that moonshot vision? What's that giant thing that you want that you and Mike want?
0: Our vision is to be able to work with whoever we want, wherever we want, whenever we want. Having that time, and financial freedom to where if we want to go work from the other side of the world. We absolutely, we could do so. That's about as far as I got, because we've learned even like two years out as a stretch to know, like, because if you set, if you set your game plan and your goals, you're likely going to accomplish your two to five year plan much faster than you anticipate.
1: Get specific with that vision board, get specific down to the, the monthly income you need to accomplish the dream that you have. I mean, there's a reason like positive affirmations, vision boards are a thing because it really does put a tangible piece to your dream. And it makes something worth working for, gives you the roadmap. Well, Tiffany, thank you for showing up today and being authentically you. The most costly thing you can do is be real. And I appreciate you.
0: I appreciate you.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for joining today. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. There were so many things she brought up for me that even though I don't have a business background really made a lot of sense and were things that I could incorporate into my life right now things such as vision boards and quarterly initiatives. Check out the show notes to connect with Tiffany and her husband, Mike. They are on fire and elevating everyone they come across. Also check out their nonprofit, A Champion's Shoes. What a beautiful way to meet kids right where they are in the show notes just below. Go ahead, check it out. Thank you so much for joining today. My mission is to encourage you, In that whatever season you are in, you can live with purpose and fulfillment. I want every mama to feel empowered with the ability to create change in order to be living your best life. A wonderful, free and easy way to support this podcast is to follow and subscribe. What that does for you is bookmarks this podcast at the top of your page, wherever you listen to your podcasts. It will also update to show you the latest episode released. What that does for me is it gives me the chance to be ranked in the podcast charts please also leave a star rating or a review not only does this help boost the credibility of the podcast it also helps new listeners get a better understanding of the show plus it gives me feedback on how i can make the show more enjoyable for all of you there is a chance that i may read your review on a future episode also during the month of january Anyone who leaves a review will receive one month free of my three-month affirmation journal. Write your review, screenshot it, and either send it to me in a comment on the Living Her Legacy Facebook group or send it on Instagram at Living Her Legacy Podcast. As a reminder, new episodes will be posted every Thursday. If you're interested at all on being on the podcast, please check out jillgsutton.com slash podcast. I'd love to have you on the show your voice can change the world.